Tonight we're going to do something that um, we don't do, we haven't done in Thrive, but it doesn't happen a lot, and I think it's something that's um, a pretty cool, pretty important thing. Um, every week you hear kind of what's going on in my world or what's going on in Blake's world or whatever, and, and it's awesome to get to kind of identify with each other, but I think sometimes it's really important for us to get to hear from, you know, just folks that sit out with you every week. Um, I think this is a cool way for these folks to get to know you, you, you to get to know them, um, and this is kind of a cross-section of people, and the hope is that as these folks tell about their life, their story, about where God's brought them from point A to point B to whatever's next, the hope is that part of their story, you identify with it, and you can feel like, you know what, A, I'm not alone, this person goes through the same kind of stuff I do. B, I feel like I can talk to that person now because they've been down the same road that I am. And C, maybe they're on the other side of it and you're not, and you can be encouraged by hearing that, hearing that, you know, they had the same junk in their life that I did, and they're through it, and that means God can change hearts and change lives. Um, so we're going to do this thing. we got four folks lined up to, um, to just kind of share, um, and it's so awesome that they had the courage to do this because... You know, public speaking is like a nerve-wracking thing, so you guys make them feel welcome. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we'll go. Father God, you're awesome. We thank you that we could just sing at the top of our lungs, that you plead our cause, that you right our wrongs, you break our chains, you overcome. God, that you are all-powerful, that you are all-knowing. God, that you love us so much. And we pray over the next few minutes as, as these four folks just kind of share um, their path. God, I pray that you would just teach us something through that. Just teach us one thing that we can walk out of here with that changes the way that we live, the way that we do life, the way that we interact with people. And uh, all this is for your glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all give them a big round of applause. sit in this chair out, but I'm going to pace if that's okay with everybody. So, I'm Kevin Fleurledge, and this is my story. Um, I could probably talk for 30 minutes on my story, but I've got a time limit of three, and the music's going to start playing after that, so i got to rein it in. But um, I didn't grow up in church. I parents were Catholic, and we went about twice a year for that, and if I could avoid it, I would certainly avoid it if all possible. So I remember when I was probably 15 years old, I had a friend that uh, he, he went to church for three hours on Sunday. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous. He went, to Sunday, he went to church in the morning, Sunday school in the morning, then went back on Sunday night. Like, who would ever do that? And we used, to, we used to give him all kinds of crap. We'd make fun of him. And he said, well, why don't you just come? Just come. And it was just a little... 100-person church in a storefront over in Hebron by the Hebron uh, hardware store. And, and that night, my heart was changed, and it was like this immediate radical thing that people, you see on TV and you, and you just hear about and, and doesn't always happen to everybody. And it was this immediate overnight change for me. And my life was different after that. 
Um, but unfortunately, I wasn't rooted. And I quickly, after maybe a year, year and a half, fell away from that. Um, and like many stupid teenagers and, and young adults, I started down the path of partying all the time, four or five nights a week, getting drunk and being in bars and just doing stupid stuff, driving home after, you know, just, just, just making very poor decisions. And I think a lot of us do that, um, but it was certainly not the path that I knew was, was right for my life. Um, luckily, God put a certain person in my life to kind of help me. <laughs> so uh, that would be Amber Flerlich, my wife, sitting right there. You want to stand up, Amber? <laughs> and when we started dating, I was still doing, I was still living for Kevin, not living for anything else. And we'd go out and I'd act like an idiot and do stupid stuff and make her mad. And the next day she'd be ready to break up with me and I'd sweet talk her like only I can do. And, and she'd, she'd give me a second chance and, you know, and then I'd go out and I'd go blow a, a thousand bucks at the boats or something because I had a gambling problem too. And uh, she'd be ready to break up with me the next day and I'd, you know, bat my eyes and, you know, sweet talk her some more. And she'd be, and I continued down this road of living for Kevin. Um, well into our dating. I don't know why she put up with me, but she did. And what sort of happened is she started saying, hey, we need to go, we need to, go to church. And that was me, uh, you know, kicking and screaming. I had no desire. Even though I knew in the back of my mind eventually that would be down the road, I, I had no desire. And I would avoid it. I would avoid it. I felt like when my, kid, when my parents wanted to bring us to church, when I was five years old, I felt like the same. I would hide under the stairs or act like I was still asleep. And, you know, so I would avoid it. Eventually, we started coming. And then she dragged me to Sunday school class, kicking and screaming, had nothing, wanted nothing to do with it. Then she volunteered me to uh, start working with the children in the Iwanas program. And what was kind of neat about the whole thing is when I was 15, I had this radical overnight, amazing life change that I fell out of. And then when I was, whatever, 23 to, or probably 25 up to 35, I had this 10 year span of growth. So I think everybody often is looking for this radical change, this overnight, like my life is different. And it's not always like that. It can be like that, but you can experience both of those. And um, for me, that 15-year-old experience was, was awesome. But the 10-year experience of growth and continued growth from, you know, until now is, is even more powerful. And to have somebody like Amber in my life to help kind of guide that along, say, quit being such an idiot, you know, um, is amazing. So um, now I'm here more than I'm home, seems like sometimes, and and I'm a deacon at this church, and um, and I feel like 
when we go out in the evening, like you know, we all went out last night, that my decisions aren't based on what Kevin wants to do. They're based on whether it would be a God-pleasing decision. So every single step I take, I feel like it is, if, if, if Jesus was sitting right next to me, would he be proud of the things I'm doing, the things I'm saying? So um, I'm Kevin, Kevin Fleurledge, and that's my story. I am going to sit in the chair because if I don't, I'll probably fall. So, um, my name is Bethany Mitchell, and this is my story. Um, I grew up in the church. I've been a member all my life. Um, I went in a children's department in the um, youth group. I was a, pretty much a normal teenager. I was baptized at the age of 13. I was really involved with all the trips and the Bible studies, and I basically did what I was supposed to do. Um, Right out of high school um, is where I pretty much lost myself. I fell into the college scene and just were hanging out with people I probably shouldn't have been. Um, I started dating someone. Um, we dated on and off for about four years. He was an awesome person, but unfortunately he struggled with addiction. And it took a toll on me. And it was very stressful for me, and I became a very angry person. Um, I lived for what he wanted to do and what would make him happy versus what would make myself happy. Um, it was probably back in September. I was sitting in the children's department on a Wednesday, and um, a girl named Carrie was in there, and Erica, and they were like, so I heard about this transitions thing, and I'm like, let's go. When is it? <laughs> like, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for something new. And um, I went, and within a week or two of, of going, I automatically knew this is where God wanted me. And he just changed my heart with these group of people, and I was able to let that old boyfriend go, and I was just able to love people again and have them love me back. And it's amazing that this church group that I have here, I have all the time. I was talking to Blake earlier, and I was like, I'm really nervous. He's like, I'm praying for you. And I was talking to Miranda. I was like, I'm getting stressed out. She's like, let's go to Target. Like, we got this. <laughs> I can call Anna. I can call Amber, Ashley. Like, I just have so many people now that I can call, and I didn't have that before. I isolated myself. And just these awesome people helped me change who I was and change my heart. And Thrive is the huge part of my life now. Without it, I like, I have a bad week. I'm like, what do you mean we're canceling Thrive on Easter? Like, what? So, well, my name's Bethany, and that's my story. All right, well, uh, my name's John, uh, and this is my story. Uh, my story really starts back, I guess, uh, I was 15. I was... Uh, getting involved with the youth program here at the church. I uh, got to know Jeff real well. And one day I decided to walk down this aisle and uh, give my life to God. I uh, talked with Terry Water and he uh, accepted me. I remember my dad coming down off the stage and giving me a big hug. It was kind of a big day for me. I also remember that being kind of a, there were some things going on at home at the time. And uh, I remember it kind of being a thing that Maybe I was uh, kind of saying, hey, God, I'm going to do this for you. Can you do this for me and get my mom and dad back together and get them 
get them back on the right path. Uh, as luck would turn out, a few months later they did and went on to have a great marriage. Uh, from there, I really kind of just started, I stayed involved with the church for a while, but then uh, my teenage years and my college years started to take over. My focus was football and when I was in high school and trying to get into college playing football, which I did, I was able to do that and was able to accomplish that goal. But then, you know, my life was all about, you know, me. Kind of like Kevin said, it was, it was about me. What can I do to have fun? That's all I was worried about. And my life kind of was like that for quite a long time. Uh, uh, got hurt in college playing ball and came home and started finishing my school out here. And uh, when I came home, I did start coming back to church. I, I was here on a semi-regular basis for a while, uh, but I wasn't really living. I was just here. I was just a pew sitter. I wasn't really doing anything outside of this church. And so it kind of continued like that for a while. Well, then, uh, you know, all the while my partying, my hard partying is going on. My addictions are going on. And then in 2009, my mom gets sick. Um, for those of you who know uh, my mom, she, uh, she was diagnosed with lung cancer in 2009, in November of 2009. And when that happened, that was kind of like my world shattering. And I cursed God. I questioned him. And I said, why can you do this to me? And I basically, I turned, my back on, I turned my back on God. For three and a half years, I completely shut him out of my life. I wanted nothing to do with him because I said, you know what? You're responsible for my mom. And uh, that was a really dark period of my life. I was in a toxic relationship with a woman that I should not have been in. Uh, I had countless people try to tell me I shouldn't and I didn't listen to them. I didn't want to hear anything about it. I was going to do what I wanted to do because God hadn't done what I wanted to do. So I was going to do it. And I did it, and it got me nowhere except for just further down the hill. Got deeper into some addictions, got just on a really bad path. And then it was about six months after my mom passed away, I kind of woke up one morning and decided, you know what, I don't, like, I, don't, I don't like what the man I see in the mirror. I'm ashamed of the man I see in the mirror. And so I slowly started to make some changes and uh, started going back to church. And I didn't come back here at first. I went to Lakeside and went there for the next few months. During that time, I met my future wife and my wife now, Anna, and really felt like my life started to change once I met Anna. Uh, it was the changes I was making were starting to kind of come a little bit faster. But not everything I needed to change about myself happened right away. And so Anna and I dated for a while, and then we got engaged after about six months of dating. And right after we got engaged, some some of my past and some of what I was still doing kind of came out. Some of my impurities and my, and my addictions came out. And I started lying to cover up. And it just, I finally in April of last year, I hit a point of rock bottom. Like I couldn't get as lower, I couldn't get any lower than you could get. And that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to shut up about saying who I am. And I'm going to actually try to be that person. I'm going to set out to be that person. And so... For the last year, I've been on this journey of trying to be the man that I always said I wanted to be uh, with the help of my wife, who has been my rock and who has supported me through everything, has always been there for me. And even when it's tough and a lot of women wouldn't have been, she saved me in many ways. Uh, guys like Chris have been there for me. And through this last year, I got involved with transitions. Uh, 
that has been a big change for me. Getting to just have that time to bounce ideas off of what you read in the Bible with somebody else or what you're, or what you're studying in a Bible study off somebody else and you're all in the relative same age group and you're all kind of going through the same stuff in life, that's just, it's so helpful. It's, it's very helpful. Uh, I feel like my wife and I, we've uh, slowly, we're not there where we want to be yet, but we're getting there as far as where we want to be together as a Christian couple. You know, we've gotten to the point where maybe not as much as we should, but we pray together and we talk about the Bible and things in the, in the Bible. We try to do things like that together and we got, we got a ways to go, but I'm not going to stop because I tell you what, God has truly changed my life. My life is so much better than it was before. It's miles and miles ahead of where it was before. And I've actually had people at work tell me that, that they can see true change in me from the John before and the John now. I had my own boss tell me that. He knew something was going on in my life, and he could tell because it was reflective. So uh, my name's John, and that's my story. My name is Miranda Riddle, and this is my story. Um, I am Chris Riddle's wife, and uh, in this January 2013, actually it was September, backtrack, September 2012, our lives were kind of uprooted. Chris lost his job. I didn't have a job because I was student teaching, so there was no income, and it was just, it was hard. Um, so we were transitioning into another church, and so then in January, I found out, January of 2013, I found out I was pregnant. Then we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We don't have health insurance and all this stuff. So um, our world just kind of seemed to be like up and down, and um, it was just a little bit chaotic for us. We were very comfortable before, and then it kind of got chaotic. Um, so then we were in contact with Burlington Baptist, and they were like, hey, we want you to come here, and um, we were deciding in February of 2013 if we were going to come here, but we decided to go with another church, and then that whole summer, like the whole year from February until about June, we just kept, we were at the other church in Lexington, and this church just kept saying, we want you here, Chris, like, come on, so it was like never-ending, like, I could not settle down, like, it was just a what are we doing, God? Why do you keep bringing this up? And um, so finally we decided that I knew, like we just knew in our hearts that it was the right decision to come here. So we made a decision to come here, and the other church supported us. So I was nervous. I was about to have a baby, and we came here in September of 2013. And um, about two weeks before, we had our son, Jet, and... Everybody here was amazing. Like, it was like you all were treating us like family immediately. So that was awesome. You all accepted us and loved us. But on the inside, I was struggling. So I said, oh, you might cry. I might cry. Dang. <laughs> Shoot. So anyway, so I think I'll be okay. <laughs> so um, in uh, September, I had Jet, or October, I had Jet. And um, from then on, it just became kind of a whirlwind in my heart and I was, for three months, we were staying with some friends, and then we finally got to move here in Burlington, so we felt a little bit more comfortable here, like we were settled, but I wasn't, still, I wasn't settled. Um, I was, about March 2013, every single night, I would go to bed. 
I couldn't sleep because all I would think about was imagining myself in my old home for months. Like, I would just do this. And, like, it ached. It, like, ate away at me because I, I just hurt. I wanted to be in Lexington still, even though my, my heart was there, but you all were awesome. I just could not let go. I'm a very... Like, my family is in Ohio, and it's hard for me to not be around them. So it was like I was attached to Lexington. And then when I got uprooted here, even though I knew it was the right decision, it was just, it rocked my world. Um, I became a very angry person. And Chris, he was like an awesome, he was awesome through it. Because for those of you on staff, jeez. <laughs> those of you on staff, like you knew something wrong with Chris. And it was probably because I was like chewing him out because I was just a wreck and nobody knew it. And I tell everybody, I'm like, they're like, you're so kind. I'm like, no, not to my husband. I was just, I was, it was awful inside. I just missed, I just, I don't know. It was hard. So anyway, um, gosh, God has transitioned me completely. Like I, I come, now I come driving over 18 and I see the lights of Burlington and I'm like, this is my home. And I smile and I feel it in my heart. And I like pull up to my driveway into my home that we're renting from Dave Hunley. And I'm like, this is home. And it just like, I'm so thankful. And my heart has completely changed. I'm happier. I'm healthier. And I look at all of you who I hang out with and who I see every Sunday. And every time, every time I come to church, I'm like, I love you all. You're amazing. You're just wonderful. And you're my people. And it's like, I could let go. I fit in here, and I did fit in Lexington, but I fit in here so much more. God knew that, and it's awesome. So this is just so cool to share all this with you all. And um, I knew I was going to say something else. I forgot. But anyway, I'm just so thankful for you all and just how God, just that step of faith me and Chris took, how I I could not believe it was going to change me like this. I was such an isolated person, and now I'm like, I want to go to church. I want to see my friends. I want to go out. I want to do this. You all are just amazing. So thank you so much for helping be a part of that in my life. So my name is Miranda Riddle, and this is my story. I, because, you know, I can stand on this stage and tell you story after story from the Bible about people that you never have the ability to actually meet how God worked through their lives and how God redeemed their stories. But sometimes it's good to just shut up, sit down and let people you know do that. We can look at any of these people and see how God has worked in their life. And God's not done with their story. That's the beautiful thing about testimonies. And so how would we give them one more round of applause because that's not easy to share your heart. I hope that tonight with their transparency and them just sharing you know, their life and things that they've struggled with and how God has healed them from certain things and helped them through certain situations and circumstances, it's encouraged you. And uh, maybe tonight you're in a place where you're going, man, I thought I was alone. Or, man, I want that. Man, I want God to help me write my story. And I want the end of my story to be something that I'm proud of, that I want people to read. I just want you to know that God can do that for you tonight. If you want to make that decision, all you have to do is pray and say, God, I need you. I know that I mess up and, and I'm a wreck sometimes, but help redeem my story. Help bring me to a place where I can be proud about the story that I'm writing. Would you pray with me, guys? Dear God, thank you so much for tonight. And 
God, thank you for Kevin and for John and for Miranda and for Bethany. Lord, thank you for each one of those people and their influence in my life and just bringing them into this church, into this place. God, I'm so grateful for their hearts and their transparency tonight. And Lord, as a whole, I'm grateful for this service, for a place where people can be comfortable being real with each other, saying, listen, this is my past and it's not pretty, but I've seen something that that fills me with hope and it's that God can redeem those broken things in my past. And so God, tonight, can we just continue on in worship and celebrate your redeeming power, celebrate your grace and celebrate what things can happen and occur in our life when we just trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.